Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome back to Wildcast Studios for a full-on training camp episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, I am your host, Adam, and I am joined by a very tanned, I think just back from, well, it looks like Hawaii. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, you can see he's very tanned. Mr. Jeremy Boucher. Matt, where'd you come from this week? Capole. Uh, Capole. Cap- <laughs> uh, where it's, uh, I don't know. If Bacon it's in the heat. Warmer or not in, uh, in, than in Moncton. But yeah, uh, that's, where, uh, that's where I'm at this week for, for work. And yeah, the sun is shining down on me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually got to jump into the, uh, the beach to, to cool down. Yeah. And it, uh, it, it works, cools it down. Yeah, I did. We did the beach life, uh, what are we, Tuesday, I think Thursday, when it was like plus 30 three and felt like 41 or whatever it was last week went out to uh Abuato and finally got in the water i'm not much of a water guy because i don't like sand on my feet mm. like i like the sand but when you get in the water and then i'm just it just that's who i am um uh, but it felt so good to get in the water for a little while and uh you know cool off when it's plus 40 yeah you could call me the aquaman <laughs> i mean water boy uh, which whichever way you want to go with it, watermelon, I love water boy, watermelon, water, yeah, good one. Uh, I love the water, uh, yeah. pools, beaches, rivers, lakes, um, glaciers, you Wherever. name it. Yeah, I'll jump in. Uh, just not not. I went to a polar bear dip, but <laughs> I'll I'll jump in. How's the week been? Other good. than other than hot walking around. Good. And... Uh, pretty good. Uh, we uh, survived. Uh. Works good. Yeah. Works busy. Glad there's hockey to talk about this week. Exactly. You catching up yeah. on any shows or what? Um, so Monday night was the I know Jamie Tozer, if he's listening in, he's gonna love this. If he's listening? If I know he is listening. He is yeah. listening. Bachelor in Paradise <laughs> uh kicked off Monday night. Uh and um <laughs> the reason why Bachelor in Paradise is a lot better than the Bachelor or the Bachelorette is because there's a more men be more women uh and david spade is the uh special guest host oh, this year serious? so uh he's uh he's actually adds a little more uh comedy than uh what's his face that uh always does the bachelor I forget his name um oh. uh Paul something. So i don't know what his name is anyways he's uh yeah david spade as the uh special guest host this year Chris um, Harrison. Chris Harrison, that's the one. Um, yeah, it's uh, I like the Bachelor in Paradise. So that's I, the uh, one where all the bachelors and bachelorettes from previous shows previous get together seasons, just to, 100%. to hook up on in yeah, Paradise. Yeah, so there's some interesting characters. Right. Uh, there was on a previous season of, uh, I think it would have been The Bachelorette. No, The Bachelor. Yeah, The Bachelor. There was a uh, uh, woman who went by the name of Victoria, but she thought she was the queen. So and she always wore a, co- a crown. So she was called queen, legit. Yeah, yeah, Queen Victoria. So that was her whole nickname. And she's on this season of Bachelor in Paradise, but she's kind of dropped the whole queen thing, uh, and now she's going with um, oh the na- it's not uh, I-, I can't think of it, but it's it's still like uh, not a crown, but oh man, I have to I'm gonna have to look it up here. <laughs> Uh, sorry, folks. I'm uh, not. Uh, not. Re- I wouldn't say prepared, but. Oh man, what is the word? That is just one for? show I never, never started. Never, like, I've seen a few episodes. If you, I've been here for some of our mass singer, uh, especially last year. I thought one mm-hmm. of them was Bachelor, uh, Casey. But yeah, no, I. 
people just they love it, and it continues to be popular. I I think I usually watch The Bachelor in Paradise back in you know the Alberta days, um, more than The Bachelor because I just same thing over and over again. I just got tired of it. If if you want to make these couples stick and and last, you got to do this thing live because there's nothing better than like they 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 just don't last because they they end up finding someone and then they go back and watch all the bad. Uh, all the stuff leading up to it. you found the name did you goddess oh so now she's queen goddess. goddess yeah so now she's queen to goddess victoria um and she, you know she adds a little drama i haven't watched the whole episode it was a two-hour show last night so uh probably about an, about an hour left so yeah. i don't know if anybody got uh if she you know was was booted off or whatever because of the men had the roses um there was 10 10 men t- and 13 women so the men were going to send yeah. home three, three. Um, so i don't know if she was part of that group or not um, what do they do this like every five years or something? It's, I'm pretty sure it's every every year. Oh, really? I think so. And um, yeah, so it's gonna be interesting. Kenny, uh, Kenny is on the show. Yeah, uh, he's a 40 year old man, but he's got the body of like a 20 year old man. Like this guy is <laughs> this. I mean, he's he looks good for for 40. And um, I think he's like a manager of a band or something. And his he likes to be naked. So when he walked down the stairs to join the the, the group, uh, he was naked. But obviously they had like a black, you know, square covering up his uh, man parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but half the show he's completely nude. So uh, I, he's forty year old man that looks, you know, like a very good forty year old <laughs> man. If I was forty, I would uh, like to. Look like that? Yeah. That's awesome. Did, uh, before we get into actual hockey talk, um, you know, this is our fun little pop segment. Did you watch Love is Blind during the pandemic? Love is Blind. So that's the one where they're they're in the the pods. pods. Yes, I did. Did Have you seen the uh, Love is Blind after? After the altar. Megan's watched the, uh, Megan watched it. Um, I just, you know, was peeking over the shoulder. It was so cringeworthy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I know they had Francesca was on the show. She was on the, uh, First season of Too Hot to Handle. Oh, really? Um, if you haven't watched Too Hot to Handle, I mean, that's just another good one on Netflix. Um, yeah, I, I haven't watched it. I uh, just kind of, you know, periodically kind of looked at it. But no, haven't uh, haven't watched the uh, After the Altar episode or anything like that. Oh, okay. Um, Amber and, and Barnett are still together. Okay, yeah. Um, so Gian, Giannana and Gianna, Damien, yeah. how they were back and forth. He literally, like, has a friend... Um, and it brings her to this. Yeah, it's Francesca. Yeah, brings yeah. her to the. I'm just yeah. like, dude, like, and couldn't figure out why she was annoyed. And it, there was a lot. Like they did the basically they did a anniversary party for the two couples that stayed married. Mm-hmm. And you're just you're seeing all of them. And I'm like, how? I don't remember all these guys. Like there's so many on there that I had. Like obviously they focused on a lot of the people, but mm-hmm. apparently Mark wasn't there because he. Uh, he found someone and and she's pregnant, so he uh, he left Jessica, and uh, yeah, it just it was pretty cringeworthy to see. But it, I just was trying to figure out what the show was called. There will be a season two and oh, season God. three on Netflix, <laughs> and we'll watch well, it. We probably will. We probably will. Yeah, that's... whether we'll talk about it on here, we don't know. Yeah, but uh, we should probably hockey. Let's, yeah, we should move on to okay. hockey. All right. Well, let's as always, you can follow us on Twitter, Monk to Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, and now on TikTok. Please don't forget to like and subscribe here on YouTube if you're watching. Uh, quick question. Uh, we had our poll up yesterday on who fans will think will be the captain. It was a landslide for Phil the Thrill at 76%. 
Uh, Hamel at 11, Langlois at 9, and Desgrossier. Desgrossier? You're getting it. Desgrossier. I'm getting it. It's preseason. I'm getting it uh, at uh, 4%, I believe. You agree? I think these are four, uh, you know, four candidates. I think they could all wear a letter. Uh, You know, someone could probably make the argument that maybe give it to a younger player, you know, give one of the A's to a younger player. Yeah. Um, But like I told you in our little chat yesterday, uh, you know, I figure at least three of these four, two for sure. Yeah. uh, Maybe three uh, will be traded at some point this season. Uh, So at that point, I mean, because I asked if we should have an option of no captain mm -hmm. and just go with assistance for the fact that you name a captain and, and could potentially be moved at Christmas or, you know, give a, a, a C to a younger guy, which there's nobody that's really taken the reins as a younger guy. That's it's his team. But, you know, I, I would not be, I, I think it'd be filled out too. That, that just seems to make sense. But, um, I could kind of see them maybe not going with a, a captain for the first half of the year. And, and maybe after the deadline, y- you move on and you pick, you pick a captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you'll see the dual thing again. I think this group is. I think you need a, a captain with this group. Uh, I think Dawu is the is. Uh, I think a, I wouldn't necessarily say an obvious choice, mm-hmm. um, but I think he's kind of the he's kind of get the lead here. Uh, I would say the battle would be would be between him and 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 Langwa, uh, but I have no problem with Dawu. And like I said, I I fully expect two, maybe three of those four guys to be to be traded. So. At that point, you want young guys stepping up and wearing letters. Mm-hmm. Then you've got all you've got after Christmas to do it. Okay. Yep. I uh, I, I agree with that. Uh, let's quickly go around the queue. There's a little bit of news. Uh, let's go there. News and notes from around the queue. Uh, from one glass shattering to another. Uh, you know, we yeah, had uh, Kenzie on. First broadcast last year, uh, and then this year, uh, invited to Gatineau Olympic Camp, Yves Garçon, I think it is. Uh, Gascon. Gascon. Um, being invited to the camp. I saw a few of their little videos. You know, she obviously has done enough to earn it, and, you know, I hope she does enough in the rookie camp to maybe continue to earn, uh, you know, may, it might be tough to get a job uh, this season, but, you know, keep her on as a uh, into the main camp. I, yeah, uh, I mean, like it doesn't feel like a publicity. To, she will have to, you know, she, it's like anybody, you know, anyone else going to a camp. You have yeah. to earn it. Oh, 100%. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's, uh, I've I watched clips uh, and, sh- you know, she she gets not pox. Like she's, yeah. you know, this is a, she's a really good goalie. Uh, and I, when I saw her name on the CRSR list, I think two years ago, I, I was actually hoping she would get drafted. Um, to really set, uh, not really set a bar, but, you mm-hmm. know, to, sh- you know, shatter that glass, like you said. Uh, and, you know, she's done it. Like she, she's, you know, going on as a free agent and it's, uh, I was, I, it got picked up by, you know, Sportsnet mm-hmm. and, you know, when a story gets picked up by Sportsnet, that's, you know, that's going nationwide and, and sometimes, uh, you know, further than that. So this is a really good story and, and good on Gatineau for, uh, uh, for getting her to camp. And I mean, it's not, it's glass. Uh, I mean, we've had some Q player, uh, Q goalies uh, that were girls. Um, if you read uh, Pat's article, mm-hmm. he talked about that early on. I mean, Taya Curry was selected in the 14th round, 267 in mm-hmm. uh, in the OHL draft by the Sarnia Sting. So, 
you're kind of seeing, you know, and I believe, I don't know if she's going to be going to camp, obviously, because we don't follow that, uh, because she does have some NCAA um, aspirations, so that could be a little bit different. But I just, I see this being a trend, and I got no issue with it. If you can stop a puck, mm-hmm. you can stop a puck. Do we see a girl forward defenseman at some point? It's it's a little bit, I don't want to say it's more difficult for them, but, you know, it's a bigger, faster game than than they play, but if they're playing, you know, midget with with the guys and they're keeping up, I don't I don't see an issue with this happening down the road. Mm-hmm, neither do I. I. You know, I know there's a a goalie in Nova Scotia by the name of uh, Lisa Mumborkat. She's uh, 2005, so she's 16. Um, you know, the previous two years she played uh, Bantam Bantam AAA as a goalie. Last season she played in the uh, Nova Scotia minor midget. Uh, you know, another one that's you know, if it's next next June will be her, you know, second year of eligibility. Yep. Um, but you know, she's she's already being talked about as you know one of the top goalies for her age group in in the country. So, um, right up there with with uh, Taya Curry. So, um, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if uh, you know if she's on a, a Q training camp, uh, maybe possibly next season, next August or or August after that. It's just it's just good to see because I mean I don't know if your girl's gonna play hockey, but. You know, to go to a Wildcats let's, game let's to eventually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, we had the girls play here, Canada, and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody loves girls hockey before you at the Olympics, and it's tough to get going. But if girls can go to the rinks with their parents and see, you know, a Taya Curry or an Eve getting shots, you know, that shows that they can play for their hometown team in, mm-hmm. in whatever uh, town they're living in. So well, I don't think there's ever been WHL, but we'll see. I mean, if the Q's doing it and the O's doing it, eventually – Girls are, are going to get better, and they're going to be they're going to be uh, in the dub. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the dub, they are following along with the OHL and the QMJHL as they're going to the mandatory vaccines for players, uh, hockey ops, any other team personnel. Which, I mean, they basically couldn't go away from that, even though you know Alberta's had some different strategies for their vaccinations. Um, Open for summer, <laughs> yeah, uh, stampede. <laughs> um, it just makes sense, and it, it kind of gets the feeling that, you know, we are going to have somewhat, if everything kind of stays where we're at, a Memorial Cup can actually happen if all the leagues are, are vaccinated. So it's nice to see the, mm-hmm. the whole OH, or CHL umbrella, mandatory vaccines for, for everyone. Yeah, I'm not, it's not just the CHL. I'm, I'm seeing this in the, uh, you know, the Junior A Leagues in Ontario. Yeah. Um, so it's this is it's the only w- way that we're we're going to have hockey this season is, is with with vaccines. Uh, I don't want to get political, but you know we're we, we've got a you know a federal election campaign that's started on Sunday, and mm-hmm. you know vaccines are like the big thing, right? It's it's uh, man, should vaccines be mandatory for for you know for this for that? Um, if not, you know if you're not vaccinated, you, you get tested. I mean it's. It's such a political issue right now, but at the same time, it's also the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you and I, you know, we're, we're we're both, you know, we're both fully vaxxed, and mm-hmm. um, you know, we we can't do anything else but in you know encourage, uh, you know, if you haven't got your first or got your second, um, go out and get it, please, because um, <laughs> you know, we can. <laughs> we're sitting here in, in in you know zone one, uh, you know you know and. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's not very pretty right now when yeah. it comes to uh, the COVID cases. But you know, because we're in this phase where you know so many people have stepped up and 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 done their part, uh, you know, we're not in the red. Because let's be honest, 
If there was 79-something, 80-something cases in Zone 1 right now, we would definitely be in a lockdown, mm-hmm. and we would not be having a training camp right now. No. Um, so uh, shout-out to everyone who's, who's uh, you know stepped up and done their part. Um, if you haven't, please uh, please go out and get vaccinated. Um, there's actually a guy I have on my Facebook, and uh, his daughters go to a daycare in town that had an exposure. And um, so he's... Both of his daughters have tested positive, and he's uh, he also just recently tested positive. Uh, I was going mm. through his comments on Facebook, and people were like, "Oh, are you vaccinated?" No, I've only had one shot. Well, you know, that's your um, and he's my age, right? So he would have technically been eligible for a second shot two months ago. Yeah, uh, you know, at least a month ago for sure. Um, but just held off on it, held off on it. You know, probably with that mentality of, "Oh, I'll never get COVID." Um, well, now it's in your entire house. Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't, don't, um, you know, don't, if you're holding off on it because, y- you know, you've heard the side effects about, you know, it, it puts you on your ass for, for 24 hours. Who cares? It's one day. Yeah. Can you confirm know. it does that. But yeah. Um, it's better than it's be, being, being on your ass for one day. Yeah. Exactly. Is, is better than having COVID and, uh, and, and possibly ending up in the hospital or, you know, even worse, um, you know. <laughs> even worse like even worse in uh, the hospital or even worse so and, yeah um honestly uh if you and if you're holding off on getting vaccinated take it from adam and i um you know i'm i have a fear of needles like i didn't want to get vaccinated uh but i i knew i had to because i had this feeling that situations like this would be mm-hmm. would come up whereas you know anywhere you you have to go you'll probably have to show a proof of vaccination um so i sucked it up um, it didn't hurt. Uh, literally, it. I think a mosquito bite hurts more. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll admit. I mean, the next <laughs> mosquito 24 bite hours, has a lasting effect of yeah. itchiness. This just had the yeah. poke. But I'll be honest. I mean, you know, it, it hurt. There, there, there's some side effects for the next day, day and a half. But yeah. you know, it, it's a lot better than you know than than getting COVID and and be, possibly being admitted to the hospital. Just you know, just go out and get yeah. vaccinated if you if you haven't done uh, done so already. It's pretty easy. You can pretty much go anywhere and get one. And yeah, walk-in yeah. clinics almost every day at the Coliseum. Yeah. It's um, there's something like two hundred ten thousand available doses in the province right now. Yeah, uh, and that's just that just shows you how many people are either not getting vaccinated or holding off on getting their second. Um, so go get your damn shot. Crying out loud. <laughs> this has been your political uh, yeah. Episode, yeah, part of the episode. Exactly. Yep, uh, and a couple invites to camp. Uh, I know we retweeted it earlier, but uh, Charles Antoine Pilat is off to Montreal's camp, and Jacob Hudson, like we thought might happen, is off to Bruins camp for a uh, with their invites. So uh, you know, both guys obviously deserve deserve to be at those camps, and uh, you know, we wish them well. Pilat can come back, but uh, you know, like we've said every year at this time, guys going to camps and coming back. Mm-hmm. It's just experience, and that's you know he's going to be that much better of a player uh, by going to those camps in Montreal and, and working with NHL caliber coaches. Um, you know, it's it's an excellent opportunity, and he earned everything. And Jacob Hudson, I mean, he, he he's going to make some noise at Bruins uh, development camp or Bruins camp. is like the perfect fit yeah, for his game, exactly. right? Yeah. So it was, I was like, it's yeah. funny. I, I it was either Bo- if 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 he was to get an invite to camp, it was either going to be Boston or Philly. Yeah, uh, just yeah. that, just the the That's way he a plays. For that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Boston's a perfect fit for him. All right. Any other news you can think of, or you want to get to the main attraction? Uh, are we going on the Ferris wheel? No. Swings? No. Water slide? No. Okay, main attraction. All right. Here we go. 
Podcast Training Camp Report. Ooh, that's right. new. Yeah, that is new. Thank you. Uh, voiced by our voice of the show, Mike Sanderson. Uh, so thanks to him. Uh, Wildcast Training Report. Uh, camp open Monday. They've had a couple practices so far. Different than previous other than last year, which we don't really count. Uh, practices were closed, but we did have a red and white game. Uh, white took the, the game 5-3, but uh, Cousin Boucher in the shootout. Making it uh, 7-6 for Red. Uh, during the game, the goals for White were Auger, Dolomont, uh, Bayer-Jean, Lounsbury, and Bacaru? Bacaro? Bacaro. Bacaro. Uh, I see Bacaro. Bacaro for an Albertan uh, okay. sounds much better, but uh, it's actually Bacaro. I, I think so. S- okay. Sal- Salvatore Bacaro. All right. Somebody let us know. There's always like an Italian theme to every training camp. Like last year was like, <laughs> Francesco Iacenza. Yeah. <laughs> this year is Salvatore Bucaro. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Yeah, I like can't, that. Can't beat it. No, you can't. Uh, goals from Red were Sanchez, McPhee, and Darcy. Um, you know, your thoughts on, on the Red and the – man. First thought, the four goalies that played, Fleming, McDonald, Warren Thompson, those are big boys. Some big kids in net. Um, thoughts for uh, – I liked uh, – McPhee, I mean the Casey McPhee Mercier line was pretty good. I thought McPhee looked uh, looked pretty good. I, you know, Moran didn't show a whole lot. Like he didn't stand out as much as um, for me. Um, but it's the first rookie game um, against each other. Pretty physical out there. Um, you know, I I just watched it on YouTube. So um, you know, it's really tough when you're watching on YouTube to actually get a view of everything on the ice you're kind of seeing what the camera allows you to show um that goal by mercy in the shootout i don't know <laughs> i didn't even see it like it just it was off a stick i was like i didn't even know he scored i thought he missed and then i just kind of saw the ref pointing at it but uh that was quite a shot but can, i mean you can rip it yeah I, when we he's drafted not, about, yeah. that video right yeah he's uh, not yeah you weren't uh you weren't kidding he can he can rip it uh, another one I liked is um, Ethan Dolmont. I mean, he's like a fourth forward out there. Uh, right. Every time he's on the ice, uh, scored a beautiful goal where he pitched in and and uh, I can't I can't remember who it was that got him to pass, but um, I can't remember. Uh, it might have been Bucaro, but anyways, um, read it, saw he had to, you know, literally just follow the play. Mm-hmm. You would have thought he was a forward because uh, he just uh, he he plays that style of offensive game and. Uh, you know, he's, he's probably going to get caught here once or once or twice, but that's just the way he plays. And that's the way, you know, that's the reason he was drafted. Um, another name is, uh, that let me just put the point this out. Uh, I, I don't know what his chances are of making the team, but Logan nut Brown is just an absolute unit. Um, I, you six, talked about him two years ago when they drafted him. Like, I don't know if he's was... like six foot three. <laughs> I know when he was drafted, he was like two fifty. You can tell he's slimmed down like big time. Yeah, but he's noticeable. Like he's the biggest guy on the ice. Not brown. What's his six one two twenty seven? Yeah, he's so he's slimmed down a lot, um, but he's super noticeable on the ice. Um, honestly, you know my my scout brain probably was turned off. Uh, I was just I went <laughs> there, I went there for the just for the sake of of you know seeing a hockey game in August in August with thirty degrees outside. Yeah. And uh, so it wasn't exactly, you know, watching to see who stood out. 
Um, but I mean, uh, Bukhara has got a sneaky, uh, sneaky shot. Uh, Dolmont was, you know, like a fourth forward. Um, you know, Mercier looks like he, you know, back checks his balls off anytime he, yeah. you know, anytime there's a turnover. Um, Thomas Oje, I mentioned his name last week. Uh, I think he's going to be a serious contender for a spot, which would just be another, you know, brilliant late round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if you know, I'll I'll give these players the benefit of the doubt. You know, this is probably your for some of these kids their first game in that they've played a in a while. A bit, yeah, uh, I know. Um, uh, what was it Tuesday or Wednesday of last week? I think. OJ and Mercier got into a, a preseason game, uh, Quebec Major AAA preseason game. Oh, okay. Um, Mercier played. Um, for some reason, they were divided into four periods because I think the it's like there's like so many kids in camp that you know, uh, team one plays the first two periods and team two plays the. Oh really? Um, yeah, there's must be like sixty kids in camp or something. Oh, that's but different. But Mer- Mercier pay, played the third and fourth period. Okay. And within a span of like seven minutes, he had like a goal and three assists. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's same thing with OJ. OJ played. That's good, right? That's yeah, good, right? something like yeah. that. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's average. <laughs> uh, and OJ did the same thing. Played a played a quick game. So, um, but no, I think OJ is gonna you know a serious contender. I think he's one of those guys that could slip into a uh, you know a, bo- uh, a fourth line or or one of those uh, extra forward spots. And because uh, <laughs> he can flat out fly, he's he's got a strong work ethic, and uh, I think fans are really going to uh, look. Uh, I think they're really going to like watching this kid. Um, how did Gus uh, El Tahan play? Did you? Because you, you said he was kind of like when we talked about it after he was drafted, kind of a spark plug type yeah, guy. Yeah, uh, not to just single him out. Like, how did he do? Mm-hmm. But I just you know being the spark plug guy, like, on like I say, it comes comes back to just you know. Um, I'll be paying more attention later this week, yep. but today it was just the fact that I was at a out of rink in August watching a hockey game. Yeah, uh, you know if if something caught my eye, I'd probably write write it down. But um, yeah, I'll pay more attention tomorrow. Um, Wednesday, whenever it's tomorrow, tomorrow, Wednesday, tonight, yeah, Wednesday. Whenever you listen to this, it's yeah. either tonight or it's yesterday or uh, yeah. If, I mean, if you're like I said, I'll, I'll let these kids off the hook because it's you know the, the first game, the first scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you don't show up tomorrow, <laughs> you, 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 you. I sound like a Gordon Ramsay kicking these. You, 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 you. Get out! Come on! Come on! Yeah, no, I. It's wrong. <laughs> it, it, you're, I, you're 100 right. Like I'm watching on YouTube and I'm trying to follow. You know, I, basically, I just pick one guy and I watch him on the line, and then once the puck goes somewhere else, you're just like, I, I can't see what mm-hmm. what they're doing on the ice. So it's just good to have hockey um, back in in the month of August. Nice to have it at the Avenir Center instead of. Oh, the only thing I wish, and it's just because I had to work, and I'm sure other people listening to this had to work. God, I wish the games were at six or seven. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like the three p.m. is is. Okay, I get it. You know, you don't. You know, the kids got to go. I mean, they probably got stuff after, and then dinner, and you know, early practices. Just get it out of the way instead of a practice in the morning and then coming back late at night. But selfishly, I just kind of wish they were at uh, at seven because they're a little bit tougher to follow while you're at uh, work. And 
So I just kind of tried to jam it, uh, jam it in just before we started the show. So, uh, but yeah, another red and white game today at three. If you listen to this uh, on Wednesday, and uh, if you listen to it after Wednesday, you missed it. It was on, uh, it was yesterday, and uh, we have a game against St. John. Before we get into the uh, the rookie games and against St. John and kind of what we're going to be expecting to see or what we could see, we brought in a special guest to discuss the players that you're going to see in these games, and uh, you know just. Scouting in a pandemic and what it's like. Uh, we were pleased to be joined on the line by head scout of your Moncton Wildcats, Alex Gauthier. Alex, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Yeah, no problem. It's uh, my pleasure to be with you tonight. I guess uh, my first question, is this a scout's favorite time of the year? I mean, you put in the time scouting these guys, especially during a pandemic, and now you kind of get to see them on the ice. Uh, is this is this your favorite time of year? Uh, I would say, like, after the draft. I would say draft will come first. At favorite time, but uh, uh, obviously camp is like uh, is very it's a fun time, and we we're always looking forward to see the players on the ice with the, the Wildcat jersey, and if if they achieve what we think they can achieve for sure. So, what was your uh, your your like last year? Uh, obviously, you know in Quebec uh, there wasn't very many uh, games to watch. I know there was a few in uh, August. Uh, that you got to see probably, but uh, you know, what was your uh, what was your year like? Was it more uh, you know talking to uh, um, to agents and uh, and and you know coaches to get kind of an idea of uh, of what these players are like? Well, you you pretty much summarize it quite well with the the, the limited viewings. Uh, we uh, it depends it depends from team to team. Some teams were able to, to play. Uh, longer, some depending of which region they were in, but uh, it all stopped around. Like some teams got into games into November, but most of the teams stopped uh, late September, early October. So, yeah, that's uh, that was a tough time for sure. But we had some uh, exhibition games to watch. Uh, all the games were on video, so we could, you know, go back and see players per players and. Uh, uh, for the, all the players in Quebec, that that's how we worked. And uh, honestly, I, it's probably the year that I watched the most uh, <laughs> uh, the players from the right times because they were able to play. So with the, the, the all the game were uh, on video, so I, I watched a lot of uh, right times players. Uh, so that was a good part of it. I would say it gave me more time to watch them. And as far as the process, obviously, uh, we took a little more. Uh, important into the what the coaches were evaluating the players and uh, we we also uh, are also said to Richie uh, come into this draft like I mean I we will try to draft a very good person with our, our early pick so we did a, a huge interview process with all the players on zoom uh, we did over uh, 100 interviews on zoom uh, so that that's pretty much how we we managed to get the draft that we got. So going in, you know, speaking of the draft and going into to a draft room, um, you know, being the head scout, I mean, obviously your your input is just as important as, as every scout. But are you kind of the you know when you when you're looking at a, a couple players and you know scout A likes this guy and scout B likes this guy, do you t- kind of take each point from each guy and you, you maybe break the tie or, or how does it work when you're when you're in the draft room? Uh, putting a board together for for Richie to uh, to make these selections. Yeah, what we, we how we usually work is that we will go uh, into meetings early in the season that ranking the players 
first with just letter uh, in a numerous season, so A, B, C, D, depending. So A would be a, a top prospect, B would be a, a third, three, two, fifth round prospect, something like that. And then mm-hmm. as far as the year goes, what I like to do is we do meetings and we set the list with every every scout that sort of players can jump in. So we do a Quebec list, then a maritime list, then a, an overall list. And uh, the closer that we get to the uh, the draft, the more info that we get uh, about uh, uh, talking to coaches, uh, off-fights, and stuff like that. So we continue to move the list. And uh, so and the, all the scouts are, are involved in the process. They get the overall and they say, look, would a player A should be higher for me because of reason X, Y, and Z. And mm-hmm. then I kind of got into... Uh, this reason, if I agree or not, and then we can have discussion with that. And at the end of the day, of, of course, then Richie jump in, and you know, if he, he can do the final touch to the list and finalize his ranking. And obviously, when we get to the draft, we follow the list, but we also go by what we draft before, what are the, some of the needs. Sometimes, uh, okay, in this round, we should target a goalie, or this goalie is still available. We thought he was going to third round and we are in the fifth round we should take that goalie for mm-hmm. example that's pretty much how we work <laughs> i'm assuming that's what happened when you when you got uh buyers on in the in the fifth round because <laughs> 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 i'll uh, i think everybody I, everyone i've talked to is uh they're just saying it's uh you know an absolute uh, an absolute steal for us to get him uh where we did uh which i mean which is awesome um but now here we are at uh at training camp um and there's one rule that i kind of I'm hoping you can explain because I get asked it every year and I just know I have no idea how to explain it. Um, the CJEP rule, uh, mm-hmm. who, who does it affect and like kind of what's the uh, what date do these players have to or do teams have to decide whether they're going to be on the roster or uh, if they're going to be uh, sent down? Yeah, generally it's a, it's a cut date for uh, right now. It's it's for pretty much all the players. So the the, the league. The, they, they say that the thing should be done. I think this year probably August 30 or August 29, something like that. Uh, I think they have a, a week they can play in, like the Sejap probably starting around August 23rd to 25th, something like that. So next week and then the, for the, the week after, the teams are pretty much done. Uh, obviously, the players in the Maritimes, we can keep a little longer because they don't have the Sejap rule. We can also like keep high school player from Quebec to a certain degree, but the league suggests strongly that we should like have pretty much our roster done by August 29 or 30 when the CJF starts. So uh, all player, you know, school is very important for all teams in the league, and so uh, we have to make sure that uh, all the players are set up with school around that date. Now you know. There we go. So now when everyone asks you the question, you can say, here's the answer. I'll just play the recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just pull that out and uh, and play that recording. Um, yeah. It, it, I think, and this year, I don't I don't know if you know that rule, but it's it's a bit uh, special because there's still some COVID thing with the league. So uh, for the second week, uh, we have to be down to 35 players, Max. Yeah. So that's, that's a... And I think there's another date 
next week about Thursday that we have to be down to noise seven so pretty much making the team by you know next Sunday not not the next Sunday but Sunday the 29th or something like that that cool. the team should be pretty much close that's uh that's quite the cut downs uh you know, going back to the, the 2020 draft, obviously that was a weird draft for everyone in any sports league that's doing drafts. It was it was a lot of virtual. Um, you know, guys like uh, Francisco Iacenza and Thomas Darcy, I mean, a couple, you know, Iacenza was third round, but Darcy in the eighth, just, you know, the impact that they, those guys made uh, coming here last year. Just what did you see from them uh, in your time uh, scouting them that, you know, you kind of knew that they could they could be impact players for the Wildcats? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, uh, that year we we definitely target as Frankie, uh, Frankie Asenza as a defenseman that we really really like. He was uh, really a, a lot higher on earth than when we became in the third round. Uh, we knew that there was uh, he, he had the, the, some skills, but also uh, a mean streak in him and like some toughness, he's tough to play against. So we like that aspect for sure, and uh, he. he uh, we we were lucky because he I don't think he got the exposure he could have got if he would have been on another another team that like there was a strong top four where he was playing in like Saint Louis in front of him so he was not always playing you know the power play and stuff like that and I think he has some tools to play it down the road when he'll be you know nineteen eighteen nineteen twenty uh, maybe if he gets twenty play uh, major junior but you know he has uh, we were very lucky to have him there. And as far as Darcy, it's kind of uh, uh, like we, we, he was a player, the second year eligible player that we liked the most in the draft. Uh, we, we, for us, it was the most ready to play D in the draft. So we don't know what happened, why no teams drafted him before. And when we saw him falling down, like uh, we didn't have a six, we didn't have a seventh round pick. And uh, I just say to Richie, I know we don't need uh, O4D, uh, O3D that much, but uh, I think we need to pick that guy because it's the best available player. So uh, we went and we picked him. So we were, it, again, it was a tremendous fit. And, uh, you know, Thomas did the, the right thing. He went to Rattasay, was able to play there. Uh, he's a, he was still in high school because he's a late born. So. Uh, and uh, we hope that this year him and Frankie are going to be able to, uh, to have a bigger role, even a bigger role with us, for sure. Well, Darcy looked good in the first red and white game today. That's that's for darn sure. Um, you know, with with no sixth and, and seventh last year, and you see Darcy starting to fall, are you are you in Richie's ear like, hey, maybe just move a couple picks and see if we can get back into that round, or is it uh, you just kind of wait and and you know basically. You know, are you in his ear to try and move up because you know a guy's falling down uh, on your draft board that you kind of like? Uh, oh, we we are always listening and always looking at what we can do. Yeah. But as I said, like we we kind of were we there's always a little bit luck in, involved because we know we knew that we had uh, uh, Sean Antoine Pilot that could jump in and Nick Pavan that could play D. I know Nick finished at forward last year and did a very good job there. Uh, because of the num- number game, but and we we knew at that point that uh, Connor Olson was probably coming in as a free agent, so we thought we were pretty good on uh, O3D. So he wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a, that important to get an O3D. So mm-hmm. that's why we didn't move up and try to reach for him. But 
as I said when he was there in the eight, I said like, I don't I don't care. We don't need him. In worst case scenario, we get the the best player that we can draft. So. For sure. Let's uh, I guess we'll we'll kind of stop talking about hockey a little bit, but uh, <laughs> let, let's get to know you uh, a, a little bit more. Um, what got you into scouting? Uh, that uh, that got you to to where you are today. Oh well, uh, I'm uh, I'm from uh, Chicoutimi, uh, and uh, my parents were billets for the Saguenay during, uh, I would say, close to twenty years. So I grew up basically with a major junior player at home. So I was going to games and like scouting and like that everything around hockey. So when I was like at university, I I emailed a guy at ISS at the time, which is an uh, independent scouting service, and uh, said, sure, I can take you and you can start doing reports. So I started two years with ISS, and I was just lucky. I moved to Quebec City for school, and at the same time, the, all the staff that where I was working with, with ISS, uh, they got hired by the Western Maniacs. So uh, they were looking for someone in Quebec City, so they hired me, and it's called uh, for the maniacs there was uh, Roger Shannon so that's how I got into scouting and uh, uh, with the, the maniacs so I stayed there for four years so the regular scout regional scout and when the the team got dissolved I worked for three years which could be for the Saint-Nain and then two year and a half with the league at the CSR and then the last five drafts I did with the Wildcats as get the coordinator of scouting the net scout. So that's pretty much my my path to where I am now in, in hockey. You know, I all I do is just uh, I just, you know, write down names and, you know, make <laughs> make up notes when I when I do my scouting. So I think you got me beat a little bit. Um but that's uh that's a great story. Yeah. Yeah, no way. It's just just passionate about the game, just work hard. Don't try to do it for for money or anything. Just go uh, go watch game and if you're passionate about it, you you'll find someone that will hire you for sure. But you you need to know that's not that's not you don't do it for uh, fame or anything like that. You just go out there. I just want that to be involved in some hockey decision. That's the only thing I wanted for to start with. And I was lucky all my career, I got the trust of the if I, when I was original scout of the the head scout or the GM. And I think it's still the case with working with Richie and with the Wildcats. Well, I appreciate all your scouting that you do, Jeremy. So just yeah. keep doing what you're doing because yeah. maybe, maybe I'll work. get noticed one of these days, I promise. <laughs> uh, so I guess, you know, just kind of piggyback off that, if a, a young kid's listening that goes to games and enjoys watching or, you know, a kid goes to a high school game and is watching his buddies play, just, you know, how, how do you how do you kind of get into this world? Just, just like Jeremy said, pick a couple names in a game you go watch make some notes or like how does it how would a kid listening to this kind of get into the scouting world well you you just i uh, first thing if you're seen at the game and you're serious about watching a game and not chatting around and talking to people and if you're serious about watching the game and you you're able to uh, evaluate which players and the potential and you know you kind of you can learn by uh, you know this player i like when he was 15 in midget, now in major junior at 17, 18, 
19, that's what you become. So that's the type of player that can improve. Obviously, you're never always right or wrong. You <laughs> there's a there's a lot of that that's involved into a player's progression. But uh, you know, some players you you see some patterns, some guys that are developing, and obviously there's some stuff that you if you do it that way that you won't know all the behind the scenes, all the, the players' characters. But still, you you see some you know some type of player that are uh, more able to uh, to have success in hockey than some that have less success than you. So you you find out what what it takes and you put more importance into what what bring those guys up and then at the end of the day you're able to to be able to target the right guy I would say. And it's all about like you, you criteria that you all the the hockey fans are watching. You know, skating skills, mm-hmm. uh, uh, toughness, uh, defensive play, hockey sense, vision. Uh, everybody that goes to a hockey game kind of uh, naturally do it. Like, if you like a player, there's a reason why you like a player. So for sure, just about like. So uh, you know, a couple last ones. You know, we've had Richie on a couple times, but what's Richie really like in the draft room? Is he calm, cool, collected, uh, sticks to his board? Is he, you know, always on the phone trying to trying to make things happen? What's uh, what's what's Richie like in the uh, in the draft board in the draft room? Sorry, he's he's very easy to work with. Yeah, uh, he trusts his guy, so the less is us. You know, he he has players that he likes. And uh, we know those guys, and but he will never push too much or try to get. We we when we started working together, we agreed on something, and that following the list that we do and respecting the the work that the guys put in, and mm-hmm. and uh, Richie re- really respect that. Uh, I would say this year it was fairly cool with the, the draft because we didn't do much trade. There was a little bit trade talk, yeah. but not that many. But yeah. I would say last year was a little more stressful with the Jake Peltier trade and then moving back down and then doing all those stuff was a, a little more stress on him with trade and stuff. And But uh, at the end of the day, I think we did, uh, did get a good uh, a lot of good things out of that trade. So uh, that's, that, that, that's what's fun part. But uh, no, he's very good and, and I can tell you something that's a little bit inside. I know, I like uh, that. Not all, but a lot, a lot of the GM in the league, and I know Richie is really appreciated around the league, and uh, he, he he doesn't have any GM that don't don't like him or something like that. So, <laughs> which is Break, uh, breaking news yeah, here. Breaking. <laughs> 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 which I mean, when you're needing to do make things happen, and that's a that's a perfect uh, you know. Yeah, for that's sure. Perfect. Uh, one last one. You know the draft class that we have. Uh, just just talk about it. the first two picks. We had uh, Etienne Moran, Alex Mercier at twenty one, twenty three. Um, just you know what you you saw to those kids and and what fans can uh, look for as we get into these couple rookie games here against St. John. Yeah, so uh, Etienne, like the first two guys that we got, we felt we were lucky to have them because we both felt were top first round talent for sure. Uh, Etienne, uh, offensive defenseman, able to carry the puck, good first pass, uh, able to run a power play. Uh, you know, he, he, he always been a top uh, defenseman in Quebec in his age group growing up. And 
after his 13 years old year, he decided that he wanted to play a midget caliber. So he went to CIH Academy for two years. And even we, we had the chance to have uh, some viewing when he was 14 playing, when we were looking at the free agent playing midget. So he was already very good at 14. So we knew him from, you know, his, his band, second band time year when he was playing midget. So we knew uh, even before last season's scouting start that he was a very good player. So uh, we kind of follow up with him and uh, we like what we saw. So we think he's he's a guy that he grew as well. So he was a lot smaller when he was younger. So he, he developed his uh, defensive side of the game. He's a guy that is not an explosive skater, but he will get there for sure. And uh, but his first quality would be like hockey sense and, uh, and puck skill, I would say. And as far as... Uh, Alex, uh, he was one of the guys because he's from Quebec City and that's where I, I'm living. So that I was I had the chance to see live. Uh, you, I fell in love with the, the players, the player he, he was. I mean, he, uh, skating, shooting the puck, his skill, uh, good energy on the ice. Uh, that they like he will compete hard. Uh, like he, he, I don't know if you saw that, but they did testing last year and. Uh, he won the hardest shot in midget dribbling. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, we posted that video of that rocket yeah, he's got so for sure. Nine ninety mile hour, mile per hour <laughs> slap shot. So yeah, uh, for a fifteen years old, a young fifteen years old is a young. Like he'll be sixteen only in late September this year. So uh, I mean, that's that's what we are looking for. Uh, a little bit some of the qualities that Johan Lushing has way has mm-hmm. as well, like skating the shooting uh but from the right side so we thought it was a good a good fit uh and uh yeah going down the draft we were fairly happy with what we got as well so you know a guy like Luke McFeed again a very good skater good size uh Lundsbury is a good two-way guy from Moncton very very good interview great kid uh, we feel he can really develop into a complete player in the R League. You mentioned Barajon. I mean, he was. Uh, we know we we felt we had an offensive player in Mercier, so we kind of we he was an artist higher than that. But we know we were looking for the qualities, and then we just say, look, let's just take that guy. He can he can just flat out score score goals and make plays. So. I mean, he, he finished in the top five scoring in Bantam uh, two years ago, and uh, yeah, no, we we and even like Kiefer Thompson, the goalie that we really like, he played for Kensington. They didn't have a good team, but he was one of the positive on the team for sure. Uh, very good goalie. I we think he can be a solid potential for us in the future. So that's about the the first six rounds. So. Anybody yeah. else that you guys like? Uh, <laughs> yeah, for me, I, you know, I, Luke McPhee was one that uh, that I liked. The big physical player looked like he could uh, he could make an impact. Um, you know, I that's probably the guy that for me that I liked coming out of this draft. Um, you know, I trust a lot of what uh, what Jeremy said, and he hasn't steered me wrong yet. So for me, it's it's Luke McPhee. But um, what about you? I mean, other than Byron being a steal in the fifth, he was. He was pretty pumped to get that one. Uh, well, for me, it's it's uh, El Tahan. Um, I think he's just another one of those you know late finds that uh, that your team got. I think he's gonna be like a kind of a spark plug kind of player. 
uh, and um, I guess OJ from uh, from from last uh, from the last draft. I've already told Adam. I think he's uh, got a got a uh, you know a chance to to crack a spot here. So he's uh, someone that I've got my eye on for uh, for the rest of camp. Okay, that's good. That's good. And uh, from the twenty uh, twenty draft, I would say like there's players uh, like uh, Miles Mullers who you got a chance to see some games last year that I think <laughs> should be very interesting. He just played at the link uh, with uh, Switzerland yeah. and. Uh, and uh, Thomas Auger is a 12th round pick. I think he, he did a good job today at the Intra squad. And uh, I think he, he's a player that uh, we really like on his draft year. Just a smaller player, but he's a guy that, that you guys should look for in the, the next few games, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a couple drafts where we, uh, we've hit more than we miss. And when you're in a rebuilding team uh, and you're moving forward, that's exactly what uh, what you're looking for is more hits. So... You know yourself, Richie. Um, you know we got the hashtag in Tebow we trust because he's. Uh, you guys haven't steered us wrong, so uh, we won't take any more of your time there, Alex. But we very much appreciate you jumping on and uh, your first guest appearance on the show. We really appreciate that. You're now a friend of the show. That's good. That's good. That's <laughs> been a pleasure. Like anytime, guys. If you want to chat during the year, no problem. I think we'll probably take you up on that. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go through the right. Cha- <laughs> we'll go through the right channels as we get closer to uh, to Christmas time and draft time, and uh, you and Jeremy can have some con- conversations, and I'll just sit back and and enjoy the show. <laughs> there we go. That's good. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Alex. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, there you go, Jeremy. Tricks to the trade on how to become a scout. Hopefully, you weren't really listening because I can't lose you. Uh, I, I think you've. Uh, I think Mark Yep and Bathurst has probably has a better chance of. <laughs> I'm getting into the scouting role than I do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Hey, guy, that guy knows his stuff. I'll, I'll give I'll give him the benefit. I'll I'll, I'll give him so that. So what have we been doing with Johnny Rocket? Why don't we have Marky on? No. All right. Well, I guess we'll. Uh, they don't want us on their show. I guess I I don't know, but we'll uh, maybe we'll get both of them on and see what. Uh, have some fun. Uh, yeah. Finally, dude, we got some games to preview. Rookie games or not, we got some actual games to preview. It is against St. John, who we've seen many many times, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, it's a home and home with St. John uh, Thursday in Fredericton at the Aiken Center, uh, and then Friday here at the Avenir Center. Hopefully, the games will be online, uh, especially the one in St. John. I gotta believe they'll probably put it on their Facebook or. I don't know. I haven't seen anything about that because um, we're not gonna we're not gonna go. Eh? We're not gonna. No, do I the, don't. Uh, not for a preseason <laughs> game. No, I think we'll pass. Make on our that one. De- make our uh, mm-hmm. our play by play debuts. Well, yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> Get shut down right quick, but yeah. uh, you know. There's not a lot to expect. You're just basically watching these games to, to kind of get excited about players that you know you want to make the, the main camp, right? Like that's what you're. That's what kind of what these two games are looking for is, given. I want to say the bubble guys maybe a shot to impress against St. John. I don't see. I don't think we'll see, you know, a Moran playing this in both games. He might play one, um, but the guys you see in in playing in both maybe, maybe kind of the bubble guys. Uh, I would assume so. I mean, looking at the rosters that that were at the scrimmage, I mean, they're these teams are they're clearly divided into two teams. So uh, yeah. I think I figure, you know, maybe the 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 white team will will play the Thursday game against St. John. The red team will play the home game uh, Friday night. Uh, I think you'll see Morant play Friday night because they want they they want the fans to see him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Alex said, I mean. You got to have this group cut down, uh, including the veterans. You got to have thirty-six. So there's going to be some uh, 
you know, a, a bunch of cuts made probably, well, I was <laughs> after that game Friday night would be my guess, uh, yeah, possibly the, Saturday. The, the veterans come in. Saturday, Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So, you, I mean, you'll have to cut down on uh, after the game on um, Saturday. So uh, you'll, you'll want to make an impression. Uh, but I, I'm assuming every, you know, everyone that's got their mind set on, on playing in the queue, uh, we'll, we'll get in either Friday, sorry, either Thursday or Friday. Obviously the ones that, you know, have their NCAA aspirations won't, you know, won't play. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see, uh, uh, we'll see Thursday and Friday who's, uh, who kind of starts to pop out amongst, mm-hmm. uh, amongst all the rookies. Cause that's the time that you're as fans, you're just watching to watch games but you know the scouting staff is looking and the coaching staff looking for that guy that makes a pop makes a play mm-hmm. um you know i don't think it was last year i think it was the year before they lost to cape breton like 7-1 and those are the games where you are very much looking at body language like who's giving up at 7-1 who's trying to back check who you know richie's talked about it many times other other people in the organization you're looking for wildcat way and exactly. you know Back checking down seven one is a, is an excellent way to pop mm-hmm. out. Um, so don't don't read too much into the scoring. Um, whether it's we win seven one, I mean, obviously if we win both games, we, you know, there's no stopping this team. But don't look too much into the scoring. Just kind of pick a couple players that you want to see and uh, you know what they're like. And and why do they even keep scoring these games? I mean, I understand <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. your statistics, right? Yeah. But um, honestly, it's 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 so true. There's no there's not two points up the grabs or anything like that. It's all about evaluation. So if you win one nothing or you, or you lose eleven to one, stand out. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all you got to do. Make an impact. Make coaches talk about you, good, good or bad. Uh, make them talk about you. Uh, and you know, like we've said for five years now, earn your jersey. Uh, so that's that's basically it. That'll do it for the uh, training camp edition of this show. Uh, man, like I said last week, it's good to be back and watching hockey, talking hockey, uh, yeah. just back-to-back weeks. That's it hasn't happened uh, in quite a while. We so. did it. We did it. All right. We want to thank Wildcats head scout Alex Gauthier for joining us on tonight's show. Um, as we said, we're bringing back View from the Other Bench, so next week we're going to get right into it. Uh, we're going to have a chat with I'm not really sure who. We'll have to see who we get uh, authorization to talk to. Probably going to be friend of the show, Pat McNeil. But we will see as we get into the Cape Breton Eagles next week. Uh, we'll recap some of the rookie games against St. John, who stood out to us. Uh, talk about main camp and, and look ahead to the two Bathurst games. And if you can't get enough of us, we are going to be on the Pipeline show. Uh, I'll, I'll be tweeting out when we're going to be uh, when we're going to be on that. But uh, look for us on the Pipeline show with Guy Flaming uh, sometime this week, I believe. And other than that, that is it. See you guys at the rink Friday. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast. Wildcast.